are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Three Beers and a Movie. We're once again at the Raven. I am Richard Laird. I am with Colin McKay. And between mouthfuls you are Barry O'Neill. Barry O'Neill, who is still eating right now, so we can try and go to Barry as little as possible for the first 10 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, we're at the Raven. Colin, what are you drinking tonight? Um, yeah, Corona. Corona, we're going to, yeah, if I were. You can, it's a classic now, it's a staple. I've kind of beat you down to the point where you don't even drink it. I don't even drink it anymore. Yeah, 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 I accept you when you drink that and it's going to happen. Yeah. It's like a man whose wife cheats on him constantly. She, 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 she accepts it's going to happen. She's like, he's going to drink Corona? Yeah. Um, but you I'm, know what? In Mexico, I'm like an actual national fucking hero now. Because you're basically the half the Mexican national economy. I'm funding the revolution. Is there still a revolution? I don't think so, Mexico, no. I'm funding one. I'm going to start with I mean, if you want to start one, that's not a bad idea. Corona revolution. Corona revolution. I am again, as of last week, drinking Oktoberfest from West. Oktoberfest? I quite liked it last week. Is it spelled I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you like Oktoberfest with a key? I think you do. It's hard for the Oktoberfest with a key as well. Not in the British version, it's not. Is it not? No. I think it should be. Because that's more Russian sounding, even though it's a German beer from a Scottish brewery. Is it? Oktoberfest? You're thinking Oktober Revolution, aren't you? I just think Oktober in general. It should be a Russian one. I'm thinking Red Oktober. Russian, but I didn't realise it wasn't Russian, so... No, well, no, the... Unreal Oktober is Russian. No, but Oktoberfest is German. Sean Connery's not Russian. Sean Connery's very Russian in that film. He was most definitely Russian. Don't you dare change that accent. This week, Colin, I mean, last week you didn't really see anything, so I'm hoping this week you saw everything. Have you seen a lot this week? I've seen, like, a lot of nothing. A lot of nothing again? Good on a movie podcast. Barry, have you seen much? A couple of times. There you go, that's a man of commitment to this no. cause. I know, but, but what I do is like, I, I, I'll come in with really useful stuff on what you've seen because I can project and imagine I've seen it. Nice. So it really just before you get me trying to convince you to go and see things. That's kind of what it is. You listen to this almost as a review show for yourself. I'm becoming the audience. You are becoming the audience. That's right. Now, yeah. It's a live audience trying to explain to you what to go and see. Yeah. Commitment call, that's what it is. But before we start, I'm committed. You are committed to this, yeah. Um, first of all, anything you've seen not in the cinema? Anything new that sort of, that you've never seen before? I've seen Iron Man. You've seen that before, not all, Iron Man, you've seen it before. No, not seen before. Yeah, anything at all? Nothing at all. Barry, are you watching anything this week? Or not on cinema watching? Uh, the only thing I've watched outside of cinema is a small TV animation on Netflix called Big Mouth. Very funny so far. It is very funny. <laughs> it's extremely dirty. Oh, 100%. It's like, it's one of the most filthiest TV I've ever seen in my life. And it's animation, so it makes it even dirtier or something. It's a, it's, it's definitely aimed at a very small audience. Yeah. Just because the absolute filth in it, like you're not going to be sitting there watching it with your missus because no. it, like it's all the subtle like little kind of like one liners yeah. in it, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. Well, I don't want you to know I'm watching it because I, I feel like she'll, she'll judge me heavily yeah. if you know I'm watching it. Boston Sausage Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought Rick and Morty was pretty bad in terms of like sort of like how dirty like Rick and Morty can be at times and how kind of offensive it can be at times. This is up on our level. Is it it's smart? Does it often be funny to be just down there? It's not really smart. It's, it's, it's more, it's rawly real, I think is the way you put it. You know, it sort of really gets to the bone of like, oh, yeah, that's right. I wish I hadn't put it quite in that terms. Yeah. But that, that is pretty spot on, yeah. Does it have a sex thing? Yes. Yeah. But it's just like these four kids are all going through puberty. Yeah. And, and all the sort of things the world throws at them when you get through puberty, you know, hormones are raging, people are going crazy, that kind of shit. So, when is that? Like now it's pretty much modern, isn't it? Yeah, it's set modern day, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's very, very funny. It's <laughs> guys who, all the guys involved in it done that show, The League, that was on. Um, would you, you read about? Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I hated the first season. I thought it was really offensive and just not funny. And then I started, kept watching it for some reason. Yeah. And it gets really, really funny. Well, so third, uh, yeah, because once you get the idea that they all love each other, uh-huh. they just want to text each other just because it's funny. Mm. It becomes really funny. And then it started going, no, you just all mean assholes. Whereas I've watched, there's no, was it No Sun in Philadelphia? Or it's Always Sun in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think they're all assholes. I don't really have any connection with them. I'm a good chunk into uh, Sunny and Philly and as a grind that is like sporadic episodes that are genuinely really funny but in amongst that it's just like here we go again he says something offensive they do something offensive and then we go through the whole meringue no one's really redeemable as a character in it yeah whereas in the league I think that they are they're not redeemable as a character or something but they 
everything comes from a place of love. And I think they're much the same with Big Mouth. There is a, there is a sort of heart to it in places. And you're like, oh, I think it's a really sweet, but ultimately something you go, you're like, oh. The one I watched last night, I'm only about the third episode in, okay. is when the, 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 they go to the guy's house to sleep over. <laughs> and he hears what he does with pillow. And you're like, oh, that's disgusting, but and almost, I almost knew about it when I was like 14. It may have come in really handy. Yeah. But yeah, very funny. You watch it, you really, you really like it. I'm becoming less and less fond of kind of dirty cooties as we get older. I am becoming pretty prudish. Watch Rick and Morty first. I've watched some of Rick and Morty. I don't like it's it. that bad. I'm struggling. You don't like Rick and Morty? I'm, I'm not saying I don't like, like it. it. That's on the record, that. I don't know, I mean, people will come and kill you. I mean, people are in America and they try to get the sauce. I know. So they'll come after you. Rick and Morty fans will rip you. What happened with the sauce? They've done like a, there's a sauce that they've made for like the Mulan film, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This like special sauce called Szechuan. Szechuan sauce. That McDonald's put out for about a couple of months back in like 1990 or something like that, wasn't it? Something stupid. And in Rick and Morty, the reference says sauce. Right. So McDonald's in order to jump on the bandwagon said, We're going to make out, we're going to make this sauce, put it back in the market for a really limited period. Mm. So basically, they put it out in the shop, but only put like a very limited amount in each store. People were riding at the stores to try and get that fucking sauce. Like police were called and everything to try and get it. Going, it's like if you're, in the, if you're in your mid 20s and you're fucking riding at McDonald's over a shitty sauce from a TV show, which is a good TV show nonetheless, you've got to, to reevaluate things, haven't you? See, the thing is, like, in America, you can actually buy it online as a big giant tub. Oh. Like, they are turning up to McDonald's to get little sackies, and you're sitting there like, I'm pretty sure Tesco sells this. Possibly, yeah. It's a special Mulan version, though, that's what it is. Do you know what we should do? Stockpile this year? Well, Next people year, are. We people, 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 people get it and, and then put it on eBay a minute later and it sells for like 90 bucks for fucking a tiny little pack of sauce. People are buying it. Just gets tax wrecking money. Anyway. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick, yes. Yeah, pickle yeah. Rick. Pickle Rick's funny. Have you seen that one? Pickle Rick? I haven't. Pickle Rick's funny. I don't even think I'm at the end of the first season. Alright. Honestly, I think it's genuinely ingeniously funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch it a lot, but I've seen Pickle Rick and I was. very well done. I was laughing, I was like a child. Yeah, very good. Off of TV, the only thing I watched this week at home that I've not seen before was something called Hitchcock and Truffaut. It's a documentary, it's basically back in the... Alfred Hitchcock and... No, it's it's, um, back in the 70s. Basically, Hitchcock in America was seen as a guy who's made like sort of like your genre slasher movie, sort of like very sort of, you could know it was coming. Not so much an auteur, more just like a studio grindhouse essentially making these movies. Whereas the French saw him as like one of the original auteurs of cinema. Like, you know, everything he'd done had a purpose and a reason for it, and he was a proper author of these movies. And Truffaut, before he done, like, after he done 400 Blows, he brought down 400 Blows. He's also in Close Encounters the Third Kind. Okay, you know, cool. he's a, the French guy, the... Oh, right, right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the main guy, right? Yeah. 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 The one who's not with the Bravest. He looks really French. He is very French. He looks really French. He looks exceptionally French. French. Someone said, like, like a French, French man, he's going for He's a French. He's short a gallop around his fucking neck. He's French. So Truffaut... That's racist. So basically Truffaut wrote a letter to him saying, like, I love your movies, I want to talk to you about them, and basically sat down and had a conversation and wrote a very famous book about it. It's all about the book and the friendship these two guys had. Um, it's just a documentary. It's very well done. It's really interesting. He's two sort of like giants of cinema talking, and also the idea that the way we perceive one person is not how someone other person perceives them. The same way, who's the comedian who, who France loved but we don't really care about it? Jerry Lewis. Jerry, I love Jerry. No, no, but I'm not a huge Jerry Lewis fan, but I know in France he's been like a national hero. Yes, yeah. Same with who's it? One of the one of the sort of. Who's the guy in ca- uh, Carry On, main guy in Carry On films? Sid James? Sid James not like a massive in Romania or somewhere like that? Like somewhere huge like that? Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, for no other reason, I just don't know why, but yeah, he's just massive in these random countries. Yeah, some people just get really big in random countries. Must have been big in... Japan? Somewhere, Japan. Um, is it Hasselhoff, obviously for some reason, massive in Germany. For Germany? No is reason. Because he's got a German name, do you think? Hasselhoff? Yeah. I don't know. But it's, 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 back to Hitchcock before. Sorry. Really interesting documentary. To see like these two guys talking about just cinema and, how, and what they not only cinema but what they see is like how cinema can change and how someone in cinema how an art, how a director can be an artist and sort of can put your own stamp on and it paves the way for guys when you talk about later on like guys like Denis Villeneuve and Spielberg and that when you watch it or Coen Brothers when you watch a Coen Brothers film you instantly know it's a Coen Brothers film when you watch Spielberg you watch Spielberg there's a stamp there it's not just the writer that's doing that it's actually their style of filming and that they, they basically said that was before was a big advocate of Hitchcock being one of those guys one of the original guys who done that no, it's like, it's like well, best of black white, always like it's like some of it's filmed from like the 60s, some of it's like archival footage. Right. It's just a really interesting to look at two guys who you, you know names of, but they actually know much, not much more about them other than the fact that you look know, these two guys. You're such a fucking film buff, I'm not, I, I'm a film buff, yeah, yeah. I, I like to know the history of things and it's really interesting to know these things. Yeah, like, it's good. Yeah, like, it's... obviously that, like, one of my favourite bits in Jaws is obviously about when Brody's sitting on the beach, 
and he sees a oh, kitchener boy get taken and yeah. he goes yeah, yeah, zoom in like yeah, that's yeah. a Hitchcock zoom and you realise that's Hitchcock made that you know he made that zoom yeah and they do it in Lord of the Rings as well you do it in other places but everything you sort of think is original it's like no fucking guy's done this well before now other guys just take it on and be adapted slightly and it's like it's like you know where all these things like, all come from as well is that a film for the movie buffs or is that a good film think, for the general I consumer? think it is more a film for the movie buffs I think to be honest I think people who are not a fan of the are not like, really into cinema in the same way that perhaps myself and a couple of you guys are to a great degree um, it might fall a bit fly but I don't really get what they're doing but whereas if you're a film fan and you understand cinema you'll really get something like that okay. 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 So you're talking about Hitchcock the camera the Hitchcock camera uh-huh. the, the screams who's the screams Wilhelm Scream well, I know the Wilhelm, what's the other one called? Was the other one? Uh, oh, what's the other one called? I know there's another one. I'll tell us what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know there's another one, I don't know what it's called though. Very long. So it is, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I only know the Wilhelm. I think there's a third one as well. Yeah, the Wilhelm, it's Wilhelm's a big one. That's yeah, the famous one. That's a massive one. Broken Arrow was the heavy organ, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. But Wilhelm's one is it? Wilhelm's, it's everything. That's a Spielberg one. He used yeah. Spielberg, he used yeah, that all the time. Yeah, I knew the Wilhelm. And Derek Jones, stuff like that. Yes. I've actually, I actually do notice it now in film. I notice it all the time. I always hear the Wilhelm. I mean, this is why I'm kind of a concerned about watching this Hitchcock movie. I'm scared that it'll end up opening like a whole can of worms. I'll be sitting and I'll be watching a lot of things that he's done. I'm certainly gonna. You know, I, I think it's a bad thing to watch yeah. a film and understand where someone's getting the, the sort of where they're coming from. You know, when you watch things like that, I think it's good to know where people are getting their ideas yeah. from. Same if you, if you read certain authors or you listen to music. Mm. The same if you're like a punk band, you can go like, I know they're also heavily influenced by X, Y, and Z. And because of that, I'll probably like this band. The same, the same. To me, it's the same thing. I like to deconstruct where someone gets their ideas from. Especially when watching stuff like, say, you watch like a rival, for example. You know that's. You need to know a massive Ridley Scott and Spielberg fan. You can totally see it all the way through. Abram, for example, you can see a massive Spielberg fan as well. You can see it all the way through his work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to know where all these guys are. Because well, the future generation would spy to these guys. Uh-huh. You're just going to get these fucking mind The big problem though comes with people trying to ape it so much that it becomes. Like, it is literally just doing a par- not parody of it, it's just doing the same thing over and over again. I think that's but become part of the problem. You always get that wee handful that just. Take it people can take it on a little yeah, extra level, yeah, that's the point, wouldn't you guys need to go on that wee extra bit, that's the yeah, that's yeah, important part. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. We still going? No, it's still going. Um, so anyway, we're going to do reviews for this week, so at least one of us has seen a few things. I've seen Iron Man. You've seen Iron Man? Yeah. Iron Man is at least 10 years old now. Fucking good though. It's, I'm not denying it's a good film, but it's at least 10 years old. Iron Man is so good that Marvel... Well, I yeah, I mean, Iron Man is so good Marvel then simply redone Iron Man every single time they've made a movie over the last like, 12 years. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> every film is exactly the same as Iron Man. Um, so, well, cooler, they, get, they get cooler in increments. Yeah, yeah, because he kind of starts realizing that the studio realizes, everyone realizes that he's a main character. Like he's a big character that a lot of kids gravitate towards. So yeah, and he just get his big names and he just get his big up lads for life here. To the point where like um, Downey Jr. Uh-huh. He's turning up to like hospitals as Iron Man or as Tony Stark. As Tony, Tony Stark, became Tony Stark now. Yeah. He's, he's right. bigger than the costume now. Yes, no, but I'm not going to talk about Iron Man. We've got, we've got, we've got Thor coming out next week or something. We can talk Marvel then for you, okay? No, it's in October. It's before I go down south, so it's like in October. Yeah, so we got a lot of Marvel. To watch. We'll talk about Marvel back then. At the point, okay. Anyway, it's pretty good. The first film I saw this week was something called The Mountain Between Us. Okay, which is stars Idris Elba. Idris Elba. It's um, directed by a guy called um, Hani and Assad, who's an Israeli gentleman. Okay, what's he done before? The only one I found that I recognised was called The Courier. Was oh, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, yeah so far have you seen that one? Um, any good? I've not seen it. Is it alright? <laughs> so the like, almost straight to DVD kind of movie. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. I think I remember watching it. It was good at the time, but it's not memorable. Aye, you watch it, enjoy it, and then actually move on from it. Anyway, she's done that. Um, this, like you said, it's Idris Elba, Kate Winslet, and interestingly, Bo Bridges. Yeah, yeah. Bo, Bo, Bo pops up. No, Lloyd or Jeff. Bo, no, Bo, 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 Bo pops up. I like Bo. I like Bo. I only found out recently, not recently, maybe the last five years, that him and Jeff Bridges are actually brothers. Oh, no, they For some reason, I, just, I never thought it might be brothers, no, 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 but then no, they actually no. are brothers. Um, Bo's the one with the eyebrows. Yes, yeah, yeah. Weird kind of eyebrow face. Uh-huh. No, I like my yeah, Anyway, Iris Elba and Kate Winslet are two people trying to get from A to B, but they can because of a snowstorm closing on Denver. Came as a try to get to a wedding, Iris Elba's a doctor trying to get to surgery. When did it say? No, present day. No, present day. Um, when they can't get a flight, basically, the local airfield, which everyone knows the local airfield, yeah. uh, and they find Bo Bridges, who's got a little tiny plane, he said he agreed to fly them across to where they need to go so they can go move on somewhere else and get away from the storm. Convenient. Okay. Convenient. While flying, Bo Bridges had a stroke at the, at the 
the, the, the controls and the plane crashes. But I thought it was actually quite good. I actually generally thought it would be the plane would crash in the storm. Mm. So I'm waiting for the storm to hit them, and all of a sudden, like, what was you sat on a fucking stroll? Like, oh my god, that's really that's actually quite clever. You're sitting there going, oh, it's not actually proposing to have a stroke. So anyway, plane crashes, and then it turns into a survival rom com drama film. Sounds dreadful. Actually, generally, I really enjoyed it. How did you sell it? How? How did you do it? Did they sell the, <laughs> the romance angle? Kind of, yeah, they do sell they do the romance angle. Um, so it's like, I, I, there's a dram rom com survival story. So the big part of the film was Olympic survived the wilderness and there's a snowy wilderness. Mm. It's just Winslet, Elba, and a dog. The dog survives the crash, because obviously the dog's always going to survive a crash. Um, it's weird in a way that Winslet's doing an American accent. Elba's not. He can do an American accent. Yes. He's yeah. in the wire. Yeah. yeah. And he does a really good American accent. Yeah. Whereas I, I was really pulled out when Windsor does an American accent. I, I was told you to be in a British accent. Yes. If she does an American accent, it really throws me a little bit. Okay. It's, just, it's a more personal thing. But anyway, I thought it was odd for some reason to make him British and him or American and yeah. is, him. Is that just so it wasn't, so you didn't instantly think there were a couple from the get go? Like, so you, you kind of knew that. No, you get that very early on. No, really? Yeah, you get it because obviously they. That's where the start of the film is just them meeting because they're in a line at an airport mm. trying to get a flight, so that you know they're not together. Um, it's quite an unlikely pairing for thinking, going like, why? These two guys don't look like two actors who have a picture on screen together. Which kind of works for the film because it is literally two complete random strangers who get a flight together, which is making you're not flight, you know, how many people you go like, well, I don't know who any of the new people are, I've never probably meet them ever again in my life. Yep. So it does make a little bit of sense. Um, it works well in sort of the idea of like, you know, them trying to survive the wilderness and then you see the relationship growing as they survive and you always have this point of, you know, you're, it's all speed thing, remember speed, you know, yeah. relationships never last if put in a strenuous, relationships yeah. start in a strenuous yeah. thing never last, so you can get that point where like, are they, sort of, do they, are they falling for each other because of in this situation yeah. or do they actually really genuinely love each other? Um, she's a bit of a hussy and realises that she needs uh, it's a guy to kind of help her out. Well, she breaks a leg in the film at the start, so basically, and that's one of the problems that people might have with it. It basically becomes very much of him rescuing her from most of the film. At one point, she does save herself, but a lot of time, it is her basically doing it. Her, 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 her. I know, I agree with you, I'm with you on that, but I'm thinking it'd be more, more interesting if they'd done it all the way around. Yeah, yeah. You know, make right. Elba have a broken leg and make Winslet the doctor and make her, make her, make him fix up. Anyway. It's not based on a true story, it's just based on a book. Right. And I think that perhaps there's a bit of impetus, the fact it's not true. You kind of look at it watching it going, I don't really care if you think about it. Yeah, because it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last sort of 20 minutes, it does kind of part a little bit with the whole rom-com thing. Right. But it's, it, for most of the film, it's enjoyable, decent was it drama. Funny? It was generally quite funny, but yeah. it actually, actually gets some good laughs in it. Do you think this is going to be the birth of a new genre? No. Survival rom-com? Survival rom-com? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> But I don't think so. <laughs> um, but no, I really, I really enjoyed it. It looks stunning. It's all set in Colorado and the mountains, so it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, but no, actually, for a film that I very sort of didn't really know about, I also had a trailer maybe about a week before it came out. I had no idea what was coming. Sam watched it. Two hours, pretty much bang on. It flows quite well. Flows, 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 flows good. I, I quite enjoyed it. Out of ten, so six and a half. Six and a half stars out of ten. Yeah, enjoyed it. Okay, that's not six and a half stars. It's like it's a perfectly watchable, enjoyable film. Yeah. Maybe not one you might want to spend money on the cinema to go and see. Maybe it's you know, 15 quid off of the rest of the cinemas now, it's quite expensive. But Netflix at home one night, you're chilling out, happily sitting and watching that. Who got to keep the dog? I'll tell you, you can't ruin it for any of the film. The dog does live. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much. You can't kill a dog in cinema, my god, no. <laughs> Is it an Elba star vehicle? No, it's one of the films. Winslet's like, already a star, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's one of those films you look back on the career and go, "What that film? Oh, I can't remember that film. That was alright. Enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it more than I say I enjoyed the Dark Tower. Well, and I liked it was an actor. Yeah. So I was hoping to enjoy the Dark Tower. Didn't really like it even with him in it. This film I actually quite enjoyed. Oh yeah, you're going to go see it, are you? Um, maybe. Maybe you go see it. Your lady wants to see it, doesn't she? Yeah, my lady wants to see it. So after making us suffer through Blade Runner, yeah. I feel obligated now. Yeah, well, I said, if you want to go see something, I would, would not disagree with going to see the movie tonight. Cool. Second film this week, again, I guess you haven't seen it, or you haven't seen it, it's called The Glass Castle. I want to see that a lot, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I think it's going to fall away very quickly, unfortunately, in the cinema. Yeah, I think so. So, we may have to go see it this week at some um, point. It sounds a lot like Captain Fantastic, now, I want you to yes. convince me otherwise. Um, it's direct, I thought it was directed by Alison, not Alison, Larson, it's not directed yeah. by Brie Larson at all. She's in it. She's in it, and she's apparently a big um, sort of impetus to get the film made because she'd be like oh star view for one of the Oscar this push the film through directed by a guy called Destin Daniel Cretton 
The only film that he's done and you must see it is a film called Short Term 12. Because it's got, it's got Brie Larson in it and it's a phenomenally good film. Where Brie Larson plays like a, a youth counsellor. He's trying to get all these kids who are on drugs and run away from home and stuff like that. And trying to keep them on the train arrow and she's about 19 herself. Right. And it's a brutally good film, it's an amazing film. She should have got an Oscar for that film rather than Because it's one of these films that slipped away for some reason, but it's absolutely phenomenal. It's on Netflix, it's a brilliant movie to watch. It really gets you right, like, right in the heart. Okay. Really good film. Anyway, so in this film, Brie Larson goes back to working with him again. He's got Woody Harrelson, Woody yeah. in it up all over the place, um, and Naomi Watts as well. I'm not a huge fan of it. Seriously? I, I don't know about it, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I can't place it, it's just. I'm kind of cold time, which is good. I like Naomi Watson. In the film, basic plot of the film is that it's Brie Larson in the early 80s looking back on her life with her dad and family when the family's sort of like kind of hippies, new agers, moving around the country, they're living in like sort of like condemned properties, they're living off like their sort of wits in the land rather than having to join the man and join the actual society. And, and that is what that entails. Um, but basically, the family stuff, like the kids, there's four kids, they all start to reject the parental upbringing. They don't like it, they want to move on, they want to do something in their life. TV and shit like that. So it's a story of her looking back and seeing how that happened. And also, at the same time, her life and how she moved on from it and her relationship with her father. She's like a business woman. She's now a yuppie, essentially. She's in the LA, so she's in a yuppie, she's wearing all the kind of big shoulder pads yeah. with the girls now. Um, she's dating a guy from New, New Girl, um, the guy who plays Schmidt in New Girl, who's in I can't remember. But I like him, he's really funny, I think he's really got a real kind of charm to him. So does it have parallels to Captain Fantastic? Yes, or? it does have parallels to Captain Fantastic. Yes. Uh, and much to say that the performances all are excellent amongst yeah. all the cast. You know, we watch slightly not as good because she's underused. She's sort of one of one character who's like sort of like pushed away a little bit. She gets a couple of key scenes but maybe not as much as could be used. Um, it's a lot darker than Captain Fantastic. Yeah. It's basically a true story, this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, um, and it does quite, I think it's the same feeling of hope and sort of happiness and sort of just general joy that came out of Captain Fantastic. I mean, we came out of Captain Fantastic, we were so happy with like, it. It was a great, happy movie. It's real good. This doesn't have much of that. It's a much sort of darker, a bit more sort of like introverted, a bit sort of like more, let's say seductive, but sort of just a real kind of nastier side to it. Um, because, of, because of the Woody Harrelson being the sort of the alcoholic father in it for the right, forces of it. Um, it is a bit slow time as well, a bit maybe towards maybe the first hour. Goes by pretty well, then it does think it bogged down for about 15, 20 minutes. Where you feel you're kind of sitting there watching, going like, I want us to move on, because we move on a little bit. Which I doubt is editing a story. Uh, I think a little bit of both. I edit it a bit tighter, maybe even just maybe cut a few bits out of the story right, and keep it going. Right. Um, so that's a bit of a, that's a bit you know, unfortunate. They didn't really um, do that. Um, um, also, is I found it very hard to get behind the conclusion to the film. Which I'm not going to ruin it for you, because yeah. you want to go and see it. But I didn't like it. I felt it was almost too forgiving. But this is true. Is this true? I think I believe, I'm, not, I'm not read the book, so I don't know for sure. Um, but you see, you see, actually, the footage of the family at the end of it. So I'm assuming they must have okayed this to be in the film, and therefore they must have okayed the actual film itself, rather than they put this footage in. And their names all over the film as well. You know, they're still a book by. They don't actually name on the film. They're happy with it. Um, but to me, it was, a, it was a bit too forgiving at the end of it. I really just seen a bit more of a sort of harsh end. But that really happened in life, and you can't really. You can't, it's barely done the real ending as opposed to the yeah. making up a Hollywood ending. Um, big question is, Woody Harrelson, I suppose, it's, that this is his movie, so how, how was it? This is a big problem with what the film actually is. It's, it's feels, it's not quite as bad as I've seen in the past, but it's a little Oscar gropey. Right. It's a bit Oscar box ticking, you know that way, they kind of looking at it like, we, we can wait get this guy an Oscar. Let's do a film that ticks all these boxes that we yeah. in the Oscar. Yeah. You know the film you're talking about, you, yep. know, you can probably pick one out. Well, no well, country well, film. Yeah. yeah, you know what we're looking at here just now. Yeah. And it feels, it doesn't, it's not quite as overtly as that. You know, it's not quite as, sort of like, it's not right in the money with that. Yeah. But it does, a lot of times, stuck very, very close to that at times. Um, I've seen Harrelson be better mm-hmm. and not get an Oscar. I mean, he'd been nominated before Harrelson. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be to take a nomination for this, maybe a supporting actor. But I think he's been better elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Still enjoy, he, everyone in the cast is excellent. I mean, they're all great actors. You know, you only watch, you might not like him as a great actress. As is B. Larson, a phenomenal actress. Woody Harrelson, fantastic as well. All the kids in it as well. I don't know many of them from other stuff, but they're all very, very good in their roles. So, no issue with anybody in the film. Just that was one thing I got me. I hate seeing films do that. You see them all the time. Yeah. Just those films. That and they also come out at a very particular time. Obviously, yeah, as well. Between now and December. December, yeah. 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 
maybe in any February because I mean because it'll be maybe a bit delayed come over here sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. In this day and age, like actors and actresses really bother about Oscars because it doesn't. I think they do still because it's yeah. voted on by their peers a little bit, so it's always a sort of badge of honour. You peers like you. You saw the Capri was the Capri. He fucking wanted that Oscar more than anybody else. He was desperate for that Oscar. It almost became like a running joke. Yeah, you didn't get it. Yeah. And then when he got it, you're just like. Right. But then you, when you get it for a film, you go for that film. Really? Yeah, yeah. You feel like you've, done, you've been better in our films, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Warner has not got an Oscar, I don't think. No, he'd be nominated. He'd be not, I know he's definitely nominated for the deal versus Larry Flynn. Um, he might be nominated for something else as well. But yeah, he probably he'll get nominated. But I don't think he'll get him for it. Yeah, but it's, 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 I, I really dislike it. The, the whole Oscar bait. Remember we saw that film last year, Buffer the Nation. Yeah, that was like a big Oscar push when we saw it. And it was, to be honest, it was crap. Underwhelming. Yeah. Underwhelming yeah. to be honest, because of that. Yeah, really underwhelming. He's probably probably 15 films we could pick or 10 every year and go. That's swinging for, and it's just you know what it's going for. Yeah, definitely. So out out of 10 stars. Six and a half as well. So another six and a half film. I'm going to give it six. You know what I mean? Adam talking about it now. I'm remembering it. It's no worse than Mountain Between Us, and it's no better than Mountain Between Us. Different type of films, obviously, but still equally enjoyable. Yeah. You going to see that one? No, I'm going to see that one. No. You're going to see Glass Castle, but you're going to see Mountain Between Us. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm doing well today. Yeah, yeah. And you also seen um, another, another movie? I saw Flatliners as well. Alright, oh, you're going to talk about that? Are we talking about Flatliners? I'm not giving it much time because it deserves it no time whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> um, directed by Niels Arden Oplev. The Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Okay. The Swedish version of it. The, the original version of it. And also a film called Dead Man Down with Colin Farrell. I quite liked it. That's alright. Colin Farrell's really good in it. Um, it's got Ellen Page. Good actress, we like Ellen Page. Uh, Diego Luna. Like, he's becoming big just now. Yeah, he's getting big. Did you know Diego Luna is Scottish? No. No. Diego Luna's mum is Scottish. Wow. Well, his mum is. Yeah. No, Diego Luna is pure Spanish. No, Diego Luna is, is half Scottish. Is it? Diego Luna is. Um, his mum was uh, working in a with a Scottish woman who was working in Mexico for a Mexican film industry, film of an actor. They had a kid. That kind of Diego Luna. So Diego Luna is half. Diego Luna could play for Scotland. He's one of us. Diego is one of us. But name of Diego Luna, how do you not be Scottish? Look up some. Look up his body. He's actually quite proud of his Scottish heritage. Apparently, yeah, he says the only love that Scotland Moses is whiskey. But he has his paternal grandparents are all Scottish as well, so he's a lot of love for Scotland. So Diego Luna is Scottish. We can claim Diego Luna. We can claim. We can claim Rod Stewart, a man who was born in fucking Chelsea. We can claim Diego Luna. I'd much rather have Diego Luna than Rod Stewart. Hundred percent. Yeah. Also in it is Nina Dobrov, who's in the Vampire Diaries and a film called The Final Girls, a horror film. It's on Netflix. Watch it, you'll really like it. It's a really good horror movie. The final girls, it's called. Very meta, very, very well done. Okay. Plot of this film, Flatliners, is essentially the same plot as the original Flatliners from 1990. Yeah. It's um, doctor, medical students, medical students, trying to basically kill themselves, bring themselves back so they can see what the afterlife yeah, is like. Yeah. When they come back, they bring sort of horrors with them, sort of like, and that starts to kind of. Kind of past and feel guilty about yeah, 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 same idea. Things you feel guilty about in the past come back to haunt them. Um, the only crossover from this, apart from the plot, is Steve Sutherland. Okay. He plays a doctor in it, like sort of the head doctor in it. It's not a sequel, it's just he just happened to play the head doctor. He's got a shock of white hair and just being all Kiefer Sutherland. See, when the original came out, um, it was a big deal, the original. Because they would cast on the original. Because it had Julia Roberts, um, you had... Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kiefer Sutherland as well. Kiefer and Oliver Platt as well. Oh, that's a good cast. Big, big, big cast, cast, yeah. This one, you just saw... This one, I think, it fell away with... I think think early screenings in America brought it down in sort of, like, people's estimations. The fact when it came to Britain, there was no press screenings, which tells you... See, never has a film come out with no press screenings. Oh shit, this would be a good film. That's always a sign of we've lost confidence in this film. We need to get, maybe we need to con- contractually get it out there, yeah, but yeah. we don't give a fuck. We just want to get it out there. That's it done. Yeah. And we'll hopefully get a wee bump based on the fact that it's called Flatliners. There's a whole sort of generation who know the name Flatliners. We're going to see it anyway, and then by the time the fuck we've done, we might have made our money back. That's what I'm hoping for. Are, are we looking at a really short release? Oh yeah, this is this we gone in days. Really? It's awful. It's dull. It's it's, it's awful. It's, technically, it looks okay. It's nothing wrong with technically. Yeah. It's just dull as fuck. And it's just utterly 
devoid of tension. Mm. Not a single jump in the whole film. Not one minute of the film made me go, oh fuck. Yeah. Everything just, you can see coming a mile away. The actors, Ellen Page is a very good actress. I like her a lot, as is Diego Luna. Yeah. Wooden as hell, bring nothing to the role, and the, the, the supporting cast are pretty much so actors. Was Kiefer the best thing in this movie? Kiefer's not in off, and he's sort of just been, he's basically been Kiefer Solomon, he's not doing anything other than being Kiefer Solomon. Right, okay. That's all we need from him. That's all we need from him. Out of 10 stars. 2 out of 10. 2? 2 out of 10. It's pretty awful. That's a fumble. I kind of want to see it now just to see it. Well, I wanted to see it, but I heard it was so bad, I wanted to see it. I'm all for bad movies. An absolute fucking horror show. Like I Frankenstein, for example, is an utter horror show, but I have some weird joy from watching I Frankenstein because it's so bad. Yeah, and I feel a real absolute horrors, you know, that you watch and go, this is so bad, I can't help but love this. But um, this is not one of those, this is just it's dull, and dull is bad. So bad, it's so bad. Yeah. It's went from five screenings this week, I believe, down to one screening next week at the local cinema world. So that tells you a lot, you know. It's, it's, yeah. And when I went, so I saw it on a Tuesday night, but it's normally quite a big night because it's um, the two for one day. Uh huh. It's mm-hmm. normally quite a big, not quite a big day. There was three people in the cinema. Oh, tell you, and that tells you what kind of film it is. So yeah, no, I'm going. I'm going to go. Are you see it? Yeah. Were, were the other two people by any chance got their own movie <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Possibly. And just going. Yeah, I'll say it purely for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not one of you screaming boy, you're asking to see it. I went do it just for this thing. Well, who feels? I feel like yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, I feel like a waste a lot of time. But um, I need to pack and choose because I do not have a cinema card. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, you're paying for your movies. I've just been lazy. You've been lazy. Okay. Before we get to the yeah. day, the other film I saw this week, I saw it last night, was the Lego Ninjago movie. Which now, now I know Ninjago. You know Ninjago? I know the TV show because okay. I've got kids and I'm forced to watch quite a lot. Is the TV show any good? It's fucking dreadful. Okay. But when I seen trailers for the movie, I thought you know, that the movie looks really, really good yeah. compared to the show. But, Mr. Laird, the movie I think is, in my image, much like the show, is, is utter bollocks. Right. Okay. And um, give it a few viewers in the general film, directed by three guys Charlie Ben, Bob, Bob Logan, and Paul Fisher, who are, they've all been working on like, stuff like Powerpuff Girls and Turtles, and they've got a good history in, right. in like, animation. So, so the, straight from Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, exactly. The plot of the film essentially is that they're the overly complicated plot for a kids' movie, to be honest. Basically, Garmadon lives off the coast of the Ninjago city. Yeah. He keeps invading it. You're watching the um, his son lives in the city. Yeah. Basically, a big giant cat lives in the city. Like, it's a real world, obviously, yeah. in the city. So they have to go and search for something to obviously come back to try and defeat the big evil goat and they have to team up with the Gargamel, what are they called? Not Gargamel, that's fucking Smurfs, what's his name? Gamadon. Gamadon, in order to defeat the big, big bad or the, the cat, I guess. Okay. Um, it stars Dave Franco, yep. or James Franco, if you will. <laughs> James or Dave? It, no, they're both the same person. They are the same person. James Franco Dave and... Is no, Dave Franco is an acting experiment by James Franco to prove he can play his own brother. Is he I am totally convinced they're both the same person. Uh, um, well, if you watch the juice, then you would know that. They are, yes. <laughs> uh, Jackie Chan in it as well. Okay. Who actually gets he gets a role as a like, live action as well. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, Jackie Chan. Very cute in it. Is Jackie Chan looking old? Jackie is not looking old, that's the worrying thing. Jackie Chan's looking roughly the same as he did when he was in Russia. Oh, nice. Which is kind of worrying. Did you not think that? Because um, we'll get um, Andy here tonight as well. He's on like on a Jago. Um, did you think Jackie Chan looks roughly the same as he did in Russia? He's not aged that much, has he? I think you can see his age, but I know what you mean. I mean he's looking not as much as you think. You want him to age at least 20 years, maybe, like yeah. like maybe six months. Yeah. Like he's had a wee bit of not a good sleep. Uh, it's also got Kamal Nanjani from The Big Sick. Okay. And also Michael Penner from Ant Man. Ant Man. I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. I thought it was really poor. There's no good jokes in it. There's no good laughs in it. The story is annoyingly convoluted for a kid's movie. It just it struggles from start to finish. Candy, what do you think? Pretty much the same, yeah. Um, best thing about it was the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, not, I'm not a man who likes a cat in a movie, to be honest, but yeah, I'll go with that. The cat's probably the best thing about it. Do you think, you've seen TV shows well. Does it yeah. get does it help that you've seen the show or does no, it No, they're actually on purpose, they made it, it's completely separate, it's not related to the oh, show other than characters, it's a 
stand so, so they kind of reintroduced the characters and build them yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But did you, did you follow, but you didn't feel like there was a world here that... I've no, I didn't feel like I've been, a world, I've been dropped into a world where I don't understand it. Yeah. Because there is enough I set up in the first 15-20 minutes, I kind of got the world quite easily. You know, it just, it just it was dull, that's all, it was a dull world. And like, I thought it was very, you know, like a bit of convoluted plot for a kid's movie? Yeah, yeah. It felt like it just like, meandered for so long. Um, it is a franchise of Dimension Returns because the Lego movie is fantastic. I really enjoy the Lego movie. Yeah, really fun, really clever, really witty, really smart. Maybe the guys, are, the guys are writing obviously really smart, clever guys. Yeah. Batman film, Batman movie. I was never seen it. I'm tepid on it. I'm sorry. It was all right, but not brilliant. I liked it. It's not as good as the Lego movie. I was, but it was good. I would say half as good as Lego film. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this one's half as good as that again. That's the same. You're lucky. Yeah. So it's like a quarter as good as the first Lego film. Do you think this is them starting to slip now? Like I losing their magic? No, the magic. The Lego film is a film that should not work. It was. It looked like a complete and utter like corporate cash grab. Like coming from the Lego film, you're thinking. Imagine, like, how can you make a film about Lego, yeah. which is so stupid, but they, they got guys involved in it who are so clever and so smart, mm. they made a really fun, well done film. Those guys have now departed the scene, they're doing other stuff, they're getting kicked off Star Wars movies instead now, so the film itself is like, it's left in the hands of guys who just are maybe following the corporate line too much and just not getting the, not getting the, the sort of the magic and the sort of cleverness that made the first, that first Lego movie actually work out, so yeah. Anything else to add? To I would just say don't ever see it. Don't see it. You Leave, see if someone puts a gun to your head and says go see that or I'll shoot you. Take, take the bullet. Did I take the bullet? Did, did, did we man? And the kids, you saw the kids. Yeah, the kids you know what? I don't take the thing. He actually said he liked the 4DX. So he didn't like yeah. the movie, so he wouldn't have cared what movie it was. He just enjoyed. He enjoyed the 4DX aspect. Yeah. Cinema rather than the film. Yeah, he yeah, like, he didn't like the movie. So you could even see Ghost Story, and he probably enjoyed it in 4DX. <laughs> yeah, I don't think much would happen in <laughs> 4DX Ghost Story. The seats would just not move. <laughs> and the smell of pie thrown at you now and again. Yeah, the smell of pie for 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm gonna give it four out of ten. Four out. Of four out of ten. And would you give it? I would. I would seriously go two. Oh, two. Oh, yeah. that's that is an average of three stars out of ten. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a poor film. This is a low week. It's a low. Uh, no, six and a half. The first two got six and a half is solid. But yeah, my dream with you, um, this one and Flatliner brought the average down quite 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 impressively. Yeah. Um, but onto that, what do the main event ones you've actually seen? Okay. Uh, so you've, you've not seen it, at least Barry's seen it. That's no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. Um, before that, we're talking to the guy who's making, who's involved in the film. This guy got obviously Blade Runner 2049. Oscar Pistorius wins Olympics. Someone who put that joke to me and I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And someone told you, you've heard that I've heard the joke before. Yeah. It was actually I one, of the guy, myself. one of the guys that worked on the Berkey said, Why is it called 2049? He goes, Because that was his running time. He'd done the, the, the uh, term. That's a level of bullshit of funny going, That almost makes fucking sense. And I could convince somebody that the reason why he's called <laughs> 2049 is that would be speed while he's running. <laughs> but no. Anyway, based on a Philip K. Dick novel. Yep. Um, and also. A sequel to 1982's Blade Runner. Um, I actually think it's lucky because he's one of those names in, in sci-fi that you always hear. Yeah. There's actually very few films made of his work. Yeah, I know. It's surprising. You think he's like every film. Every it's not like Steve. Like we've talked about Stephen King recently a lot, and like how many films made by Stephen King? Like fucking tons of films. Like hundreds of them. All of them essentially. Yeah. Uh, what Key Dick has done is obviously Blade Runner in '82. Yeah. We had Minority Report in 02, which I loved. I thought it was a really great movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Paycheck in 03. I haven't seen Affleck. that one with Affleck and Samuel Jackson, no? No, that's what you think of Changing Lanes. Ah, okay. No, I see Affleck with my Thurman it's and... It's a really good movie. Yeah, very good movie, yeah, Changing Lanes. Put them both together. Yeah, yeah. Changing paychecks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've also got a great film called A Scanner Darkly, made by Richard Linklater. Tried to watch it, but never again. Never again, I thought it was a phenomenally good film. It's so stylish, so clever, yeah. so smart. You ever seen it? No, I haven't. It's just it's weird style animation as well, isn't it? Rotoscape. Rotoscape animation. It's really well yeah, it's really well done. It's like the aha video ramped up, do you know what I mean? Like fucking but really, you know, well 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 done. Also the thing that's running the now well, for us it's Channel 4, eventually for the rest of the world it will be on Amazon, Yes, yeah. Electric Dreams. Is it any good on watching it? It's based on like his short stories. Story. Yeah. 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 I'm, well, I'm at the latest one. Is so it a Black Mirror style? So every story is independent of each other? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, well, for the first three, they just abruptly stop. Um, I haven't read the source material, so I'm just only assuming that this is the way the source material runs. But it, like, you'll just watch it, and all of a sudden it's just boom, cut to black, credits. You're like, okay. But that's kind of 
kept up here that does sort of like his books very much are sort of like the ideas in a lot of the books, yeah. but the actual story are paper thin. For yeah, yeah, yeah. example, one of the next one he done was Minority Report is like it's a book about that, it's like tiny, it's a okay. tiny book. Um, Total Recall is a bit small book as well, isn't it? He did so, it's called Weird, if we can remember for you wholesale, it's in the books like based on Total Recall, quite a small book as well, Justin Brew quite small as well. The only one that's out just now and he probably is his best one, or like I think his best novel is A Man in the High Castle. It's his most sort of fully fledged full story novel. Yeah, thinking back actually, the uh, big robot stream of Electric Sheep, that's not a it's big not, It's a short story, so yeah. it's small. Yeah, Which is good for me, people. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's sort of the idea, he puts ideas out there that people take on. And if he's not had a lot of adaptations made, I think he may be looking at going, he's inspired a lot of stuff. You know, like his visions of the future sort of inspired a lot more than just yeah. than just the films that's made. Yeah. That's why. You can see Blade Runner in so many sidelines. Yeah. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's why a lot of folk don't pack it up because they are so short stories. A lot of people struggle to grab his, his vision and not train wreck it. Right. Even something like AI to me feels very Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. I robot as well. You know it's not. I it's based on Isaac Asimov, mm. but it's not. It feels very. The world itself feels very Philip K. Dick to me. Mm. Yeah. There was definitely in that kind of period, like seventies, eighties, a writing where the was sixties as well, and the kind of style of sci-fi writing uh-huh. that is interchangeable, like Asimov, K. Dick, um, even Oh, Scientology died. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that was definitely kind of a style of writing. Yeah. Yeah. Clark as well, can extend as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. back, back in those days, they were getting paid by the world. Yes. Yeah. So that's why, like, um, the Scientology guy, he was, like, churning out books left, right, and centre. Yeah, because he paid by, actually, churn out short stories they can churn out really quickly rather than a big novel. He used to write, and he paid the same for it, he's long to write. Yeah. He'd rather do a short story in a week yeah. or two nights. Yeah. Yes. I think some of this stuff is really short. Some of it's even like pulpy, probably like magazines and stuff like that. They've been sort of collated since his death or something like that. Anyway, moving on to that, the newest adaptation of Philip K. Dick is Blade Runner 2049, a sequel to the Blade Runner 82 film. And to go to the Blade Runner Final Cut, Blade Runner Ultimate Edition, Blade Runner Director's Cut, Blade Runner The Mountain Fucking Cut, Ultimate Blade Runner Director's Cut, Final, yeah. This, from what I can say, it was based, it was falling on from the original cut. Yes. Okay, it's not falling off from any director's cuts, which I think is smart to do. That's, in all fairness, that's the one you can follow on from, you can't follow on from the director's cut because you're not, you can't assume people have seen the director's cut. You have to go to the original. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this one is directed by Denis Villeneuve. Yep. Who, who directed? Who I love director. Yeah. He's a great director. Done Imposter, which is a great film. Prisoners, have you seen Prisoners yet? No, I haven't. Oh, seen phenomenally seen. dark. Hard watch, but really hard watch, but a really brutal watch. Yeah. Like this yeah. Um, he also done Arrival this, uh, last year. Yes. Uh, and also Sicario, yes. which were a big three like Sicario. Massive, massive fan of Sicario. Um, starring Ryan Gosling. Everyone's favourite Gosling. Winning everyone's favourite. Yeah. yeah. Wearing a phenomenal jacket in this film. Oh, it is a fucking great looking jacket. I'm surprised I haven't seen it MD. You know the why? As soon as I came out of, out of the cinema, I went to Google Jacket, which is worth it's 300 quid to buy that jacket. Which is a lot for me to buy a jacket. Is it like a trench coat? Kind of trench coat, we've got a bit kind of, kind of, kind of collar to it that looks yeah. really bad. It's a fucking great looking jacket. In fact, if I go anything from this film, is I want that jacket. I want to dress like Gosling. I want to dress like Gosling in that jacket. I want to dress like Gosling, but I want that jacket. Um, also got, for about a hot minute in it, Harrison Ford. So, not in a lot, because the trailer would kind of give you a Harrison is a big part in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was the surprising thing for me because see when they appeared and then they kept on being there, I'm like, ah. Uh, they could have sold this film without having the the trailer. Oh, 100%. And it could have been a review. But anyway, uh, also in the film, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Oh, the Princess Bride. Princess Bride. She's in it. She plays like the commander, sort of like the whatever Robin Wright. She's looking good. She seems to have a clear revival. I'm glad she's she she Wonder Woman as well. It's almost a role. If it, this film made ten years ago, Carrie Anne Moss has got the role. Right. Yeah. Like that kind of role. Um, also got Jared Leto. I like Jared Leto. I don't like Jared Leto at all. He strikes me as an utter prick. Is this because of the Joker? It's because I think everyone knows about me as an utter, utter prick. Does that make for a bad actor? You don't like... What's he saying? Do you want to just kind of... No, 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 I'm just saying... Some actors don't rub me the right way and Jared Little does not rub me the right way. I don't like him as an actor. I remember seeing the Fight Club and stuff around thinking, well, it's just... Yeah, not a fan of him. And also you get Anna D. Armona, who might be the fucking most beautiful woman on the planet. The most stunning woman on the planet. She is utterly flawless. You'll know she plays like Gosling's girlfriend in it. 
She's in not much to be honest. Yeah, we can't even think she's in, but she's not in much. But she is stunning in this film. She is. You would honestly think she was a robot. You would, yes. That's how perfect she is. Yeah. If you're making a person, you'd make this person. Anyway, the plot, the plot of the film, without spoiling, trying to get very simple with it, because I can't really, basically, come up with the basics of it is Gosling is a Blade Runner. At the start of the film, he goes to a farm that's a protein farm, isn't it? Yes. yes. To investigate someone who might be a replicant. Turns out they are a replicant, played by Dave Batista. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He plays the the Yeah. Yeah. While he's doing that, he also finds a box buried under a tree. Yes. Takes the box away and it happens to inside it happens to be someone inside it, like the bones of someone, mm. and investigation spins on from that. And it's kinda hard to go any further with that in the plot line without ruining parts of the film. Yeah. And the only notice is it's when he's actually leaving the farm after killing uh, the Yeah. Um, he happens to just notice a wee flower uh, placed next to this tree in the middle of this bargain farm. Like, there's nothing around it. And then that's when he kind of gets his wee robot and scans, and then that's when he discovers the box, and then the story leads from there. Yeah. So, two bit off from there. Barry, you've not spoke much today. Like, I've been me monologuing basically. What do you think of it? Good and bad points here. Yes. Go good first. What do you like about it? What do I like about it? All the kind of very subtle nods to the, to yep. the original movie. Like, there's a bit when he's in the city and he's walking by and you see the original sweet, uh, street sweeper going by. That's kind of cool. And there's just there's a couple of other wee nods. Like you still see the some of the original buildings as a lounge from this movie that is set in LA and not just a fictional place. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. You see the original build some of the original buildings again. Visually, it's it's next nice level. I would say visually, it's utterly utterly stunning. Oh, and I saw it on the big massive super screen, and it actually was worth seeing it on that. Okay. Well, you've got a good idol. Well, I'm giving all the credit for it, but I'm going to pick out the guy who's he's DP, a guy called Roger Deakins, who has been nominated 13 times for an Oscar and never won. Yeah. I feel this is the film you're going to get it for. Definitely. I mean, he, he shot all the Cobra stuff. I think how good the Cobra stuff looks. It's him that's making it look as good as that. What, what's good about it is it's not going to age like badly like we all the CG stuff in it I don't think it's going to age badly because it's just subtle enough to be there yeah and I don't know if it's just because it's set in, yeah, so far into the future that it doesn't look out of place having like the big crazy advertisements like we've got the big hologram we're not kicking us away from that no, to honest, so no totally not uh, bad points suffering through that fight scene with Harrison Ford it's yeah. uh, bad no it's not really spoiled they're going to fight him with Harrison Ford it's slow so it's slow and along with the dialogue it's, it's close to three hours yeah, it feels yeah. like it's close to three hours yeah. as well uh, it, 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 you, you feel every part of three hours but the original film Take had its slow points as well yeah, yeah. That's a problem. at times it just you know you just had to settle back in yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a, a general film at times this at times always feels like a standstill the, the dialogue is delivered slowly like painfully slowly to the point where you're like is this just like a silent movie does it have to be that slow to, to I don't think it has to be. No. Or do you think kind of dumbing us down a bit? No, I think you can, you can have. This is a problem. See, you have a, a movie that's got like the big action scenes and it's really fast frenetic. See, you do have a moment of calm and a moment of quiet and a moment of like sort of like withdrawn and pull back. It impacts so much more because you're like, holy shit, this this is really yeah. Whereas in this film, it's slow throughout. Mm. So even when it hits these sort of the kind of action beats, but maybe it only is maybe two action beats in the whole film really the rest of the film is very much a, a, a procedural detective kind of story yep. there's two kind of big action beats in it even they feel slow mm. they don't feel like frenetic like they should be and it feels very it feels very artistic so it's not kind of drawing you enough to pull you into your seat and you're waiting for some kind and it just meanders all the way uh-huh. and you just yeah, so, yeah it's definitely for the hardcore sci-fi yeah. or the way of fun yeah it's yeah. it's a tough watch like I even kind of noticed like Stacey was struggling and I was struggling to Kind of like keep focused on it because yeah. that's how slow based it was. Based on abuse in the original, yes, you find the original, kind of. This is like maybe what I talk to who it's and they don't, no one I've, I've asked, I've talked to one person in the past week, everyone was amazed when I didn't like the original, yeah. Everyone I spoke to respects the original for what it showed and yes. what it did and what it's inspired, yes. But that's how much the film is, they go, I'm not that into the film, and I'm very much with this, I can 
appreciate what this film is doing in a big, big way. It looks like it's visually stunning, but for that, I'm just not worth it for most of the film. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you a big fan of Blade Runner? Huge fan. Are you a big fan of it? Genuinely a big fan of it, yeah. Massive. What is it like? What do you actually like? What is the thing you like? I like the vision. See, this worries me because Blade Runner was made and there's a vision of the future, which now we're like fucking 40 years later, we still haven't realised. This one's saying it's like 2049, which is only 20 years away. So again, am I going to get 20 years to be a first but it's still not I look at almost like an alternate history. Yeah. Can you, can you see like a sign at one point for Pan Am? Yeah. And Pan Am I've gone under obviously now by now. Yeah. So the idea of this is like an alternate type from basically from nineteen eighty when did the first one set? Like uh, it's a skewed timeline from that point on and stuff to get to this point because they talk about like a they reference something that happens in the world where the power goes out and that's sort of like a reset and that's where the build, world it builds now it's sort of like still in many ways recovering from that a little bit yes de- definitely, definitely. so that's sort of like almost like that's an alternate history I would put it on uh, I'm trying to talk about it without spoiling it yeah, <laughs> yeah, try, try this, is, this isn't really a spoiler because it happens really quickly and it really like, it ha- sorry it happens really early on and it really it really annoyed me the late the let it slip, well not really let it slip, but it's in the script that um, uh, Goslin's a, a robot. Uh-huh. And I was, and at the end it's of the first five minutes. Yeah. So first, no, five, first, 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 first five minutes, the first five minutes of the film. That actually kind of crushed me a wee bit because uh-huh. I totally was taken back because the original movie, you, you, never, movie? you right. never know if Harrison's a robot or not. Yeah, and you're always led to, you're, it's your own opinion of what you thought about it, but this one is just like... It's only the first two minutes of yeah, the film, because like Batista basically says to him, yeah. you hunt your own. Yeah. So like, it's not even up to, it's not even up to the date, it's straight out, it's straight out of the way, yeah. And then I'm sure the, the head police woman, she drops it as well. Oh, so it's like, and it's not subtle at all, it's like... It's and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, they're sort of a different type of replica, they're sort of like... More control. More control, they yeah. Don't, they don't have that infinite learning ability that the originals from the original movie yeah. have. Yeah. It tells you all this in a big like, text at the start of the movie. Here's a question for you, Richard. Sorry, we haven't seen it, so unfortunately I can't ask you. Do you think this is a middle movie? I came away after almost three hours of a numb ass going, this is a sequel, I'm heading into a part three here. See, part of me did think it was going to be a sequel. Uh, oh, sorry, part of, a, part of a continuing world. Yeah, yeah. The box office to me would indicate this is not going to be part of an infinite world. This is a, this is a film that will be done and that'll be it. Okay. Because, um, have you seen the box office figures? No. Poor. Uh, basically, they realised once they released this film, that after making it, spending 150 million bucks making it, spending about 70 odd million promoting it, uh-huh. that it's got a really sort of like niche very very niche I remember who actually watched see this film yeah, it's yeah. a bit calling basically yeah. so that's why it's like it's, it's not making money at all uh-huh. and I saw it on a Friday night at a 5 o'clock showing okay. and it was I would say if we're lucky 20% full mm. and it was an audience who were maybe going to say that, that was the audience that was it yeah. so I think it done, it done well this opening weekend because it well-ish because it was um, everyone who wants that film saw it in the opening weekend. Yeah. It was still below projections for it, and I think the second week will see a massive drop off in who wants it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I love the movie; being, like, it's impressive, but it's a long ass film. Oh, totally. And I think that'll be a lot of people off of the film. Oh, one hundred percent. Suppose when you go to the book, can maybe look at the times it starts and finishes. People would be like, "Fuck, you know the one who went to cinema at seven o'clock, fucking eleven. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've seen this film. As I walked up to cinema, I saw this film. I phoned Jill, who was in London at the time, and she was going for dinner in London. Okay. By the time the film had finished, she was back. She was back. She had dinner, back home, and back in the house. And I think you can sit through this film. That's how long this film is. You know, I mean, factor in stuff like you know, trailers. You guys watch this film are in their forties, and they're thirty-five, forty. They've all got kids and families now, right? So often they get the film. Not only, it's not just going to see a film. They may want to convince their wife to go and see it. They might not want to go and see the film. Uh, and then also going to think, oh shit, I got babysitter, all that kind of stuff. That's going to take cancelled. You go, am I going to do this effort for this three-hour epic? that I've heard good things and bad things about when I could wait two weeks do the same effort and go see Thor when I can enjoy Thor for what it is my lady enjoys watching Thor and who doesn't enjoy watching the man that is Chris Hemsworth 
and it's good season in there as well. Even get kids going to see that as well. That's the whole farm taking care of at that point. You know, this film is actually the film's not with the sort of the no. source section aspect of it. Do you think? Do you think they could have shaved a good chunk of time off? Oh, it? I think they could have shaved at least and at least forty minutes off this film, okay. just by speeding up moments. Yeah, yeah. Not even basically not cutting out much of the actual film. Just sort of just getting to the point. Yes. But that's why I thought. Well. Uh, the room to breathe is one thing, but just it gets the point. It's almost standstilly. That's why I thought when I, that's why when I came away with the ending and everything, like with the pace of it, that's why I thought this is like part two of like an ongoing saga. You know? Would you recommend it? Just uh, under two hours. There is no bonus. So this is it. This is an extra fifty minutes on top of it. You know, so it's an, it is a good chunk extra. Yeah. So it's. it's it's, that's the big issue I got with it. I should have with it a sort of more my own personal thing with it, which was there are no kinds of colour in this film whatsoever. There's no Latinos, there's no like, black characters, there's no. Yeah. Which is odd. Because yeah. we've moved on to 24 as an alternate future, as a world of. And we've not done that. Also, it's a world where everyone's sort of very Asian influenced. Yes. Japanese comes is a big thing in it. Yes. Did you see a single Asian character in the film apart from the advertising boards? No. There isn't, and that to me is odd. It's all it's all white characters, white male characters in the film. The thing that struck me was a bit weird. Was and female, but there's no female character at all. But like Robert Wright Penn plays police chief, but her role's not defined by my feelings, it's good. Yeah. Every other female character in this film is defined by their basic subservient to the guy. Yeah. At every time. It was the lack of like any flying cars or anything, but I don't know if that's maybe like a kind of thing from like uh, this blackout that they talk about uh, within the movie. But there was a couple of them, there was some. Yeah. The only people that really had flying motors was the police. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was really it. Have you seen Arrival yet? Yes. Did you enjoy Arrival first time round? Yep, I did. See, to me, with Villeneuve, Arrival was one of the films that I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, sorry, I didn't really enjoy it that much first time round, but I enjoyed the visual aspect of it. Yeah. Then I watched it again, and I got so much more from the film. Yeah when I watched it the second time and maybe I don't know if this is the kind of film where that would be the same kind of idea but then I don't really want if I can be arsed sitting watching for close uh, to three hours again I know just to try and make sure like just to see if you can pick up anything extra but is it anything that worth my time doing so I don't think I'm going to get anything extra out of it no I, I'll let you know because I'm seeing it again this Saturday yeah you can let me know yeah I am a glutton for punishment but you're going to say Saturday yeah um, out of ten what do you give it I'm going to give it a comfortable sex and even then I'm like is it really warm I'll give it just because I like that genre and yeah. I like visually if it wasn't for the visuals I think it would be slipping back yeah. if it had really questionable CG I think it would be, be way down yeah I'm much the same I'm, I'm giving 6.5 so again and it's mainly the visuals that get it that rating the story itself slipped the rating is done by the, the, the visuals absolutely um, but moving on to next week what we got next week we've got a film called The Ritual it's a horror movie set in Sweden. Right. It's basically a guy in London is involved in a robbery. His friend gets killed. He doesn't. There's a bit of guilt. How many other friends take a week and other sort of farewell tour to Sweden to go hide? It's all that the guy wanted to do before he died. Um, and bad shit happens to him at that point. <coughs> so it looks interesting. Okay. Um, also, it's double date, which looks like it's basically forty-year-old virgin. Uh huh. Right? Good stuff. But. When you go out to try and find a woman for the guy, they find the woman they find is two sister serial killers. <laughs> so that's it. It's a British film. It looks quite funny. It looks quite interesting. It's quite a bit different. So we'll get that coming out next week as well. Um, also got the Snowman. Yes. Which I think you're interested in. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine you'll. I imagine Stacey will be very into that. Yes, she's. She was the one that was champion. No, yeah, so. I imagine she'll be very into that one. Um, is it quite a fast one or just because of the genre? Uh, she read the book and enjoyed it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm happy. Here, but I knew it was based on a, jo- um, a Nesbo book. Um, it's based on a Nesbo book, isn't it? Joe Nesbo, I think it's called stuff I have really enjoyed, so I'm actually going to take that one as well. Mm-hmm. And also, this week we've got The Party, which I've seen a trailer I'm really intrigued by. It's a black and white movie, and it's about basically um, a part of it's a family gathering with friends, something's going on. But during the film, the old guy in the part of the, the dad figure drops a bombshell. I want the bombshell, you don't know if the trailer's quite good, and, it's, and the film is a reaction to this bombshell he's dropped. So I don't know, if, I don't know what it is, I, I can't really think what it could be, but that's what that film's about, it looks really interesting. Um, and out this week on Vancouver, I'm going to see tomorrow, hopefully, it's something called The Death of Stalin. Right, okay. Which is um, Amanda Onucci, the guy who wrote and directed 
um, in the look, and also the thick of it, and Veep. Okay, yep. It's yep. His, one of his new film by him, basically showing like the sort of Soviets after Stalin dies, the, 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 the power grab are going to really sort of interesting and funny and stupid way. Okay. Really, really funny. Yep. Um, but yeah, but that's out next week. Um, anything else you want to add today? Uh, seen the trailer for the new Star Wars movie? I have, I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah, I don't know, I feel like there might be, ca- feel like there might be grabbing uh, that kind of like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of audience with the re- I don't know what you call it. Uh, Puffin type thing, hamster thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like definitely like a mascot for this movie, you know. I have a I've always said to everybody that I've talked about the best film of twenty fifteen was the trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> like the, the film is fine, there's nothing wrong with film, it's, it's fun and you get and it's enjoyable at times, but nothing is as good as the fucking trailer. The trailer just instantly hits yeah. every proper nerve in the body and every heartstring and every sort of pulls on you. The film has got a lot of bullshit in it, you go uh, I'm bored. But this is I think I'm, I'm going to try and go into the film relatively dry and relatively not really know what's going on. Okay. And hopefully take I took I took less from the Force Awakens than I hoped to take from when I first saw it, but if the trailer had been so high that it didn't really quite deliver what the trailer promised. Yeah, that's why a lot of the time I don't actually watch trailers. I'm trying to avoid them as a podcast these days, yeah. Well, one, because you pretty much get the whole time film, yeah. And secondly, it's yeah, it can't. Especially the way they cut them nowadays, it spoils like everything. Uh-huh. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. So, but that's what it has. But yeah, so Colin's on the race. I'm going to do the wrap up tonight. Um, you can find us at three beers in a movie at gmail.com. Also at three beers in a movie number three. No, yeah, number three beers in a movie at twelve, and also on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, find us there. Give us a rating. Say hi to us. Whatever you want to do, send a question. We like to answer questions. Um, but yeah, until next week, I've been Richard Laird, you've been Colin has left. Yes. Yeah, Elvis has left the building. <laughs> yeah. And you've been listening to Three beers in a movie.